This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Cesiaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday, the 2nd of August. In your Squiz today, Australia's golden record. A good word for members of the Bali Nine. Suing streaming. And a royal price tag. This is your Squiz today. Australia has had some major wins already at the Tokyo Olympics, Claire, but yesterday we created history at the Games by winning four gold medals, our biggest ever single-day haul. It came from our athletes in swimming, BMX and sailing, and the wins shot us up to fourth place on the medal tally. There is lots to celebrate with those wins, Claire, but the talk of the town was Emma McKeon, who finished up with seven medals. And rightly so. She has put in an incredible effort this Olympic Games. To win four gold medals at these Olympic Games makes her the Aussie athlete with the most gold at a single Olympic Games. Uh, If she was a country, she would be 13th on the medal tally, which is pretty (laughs) impressive. Uh, She also broke some other records with her achievement at these Olympic Games. She now has 11 medals from Olympics, both at Tokyo and at Rio that makes her Australia's most decorated Olympian of all time. Uh, Going into these Olympics, that was held by Ian Thorpe and Liesl Jones, our swimmers, on nine medals each. So she's well and truly ahead of them now. Uh, She also became the equal record holder uh, with the most medals won at a single Games by any woman in the world in Olympic history, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, McKeon is levelled with Soviet gymnast Maria Karakovskaya, who claimed two goals and five silvers at the 1952 Helsinki Games. We've already surpassed expectations from the bookies, Claire, but with a week to go, there's still plenty of chances for more Aussie medals. Yeah, there really is. Our hockey teams are looking pretty good. The Boomers, our men's basketball team, and the Matildas, our women's soccer teams, are looking pretty good. They're defying history and are really in the hunt for medals. Uh, Today, the equestrian eventing team is poised to take silver. I'm really excited about that one. Uh, Also, we've got some prospects in track and field, so definitely we're not done yet. Yeah, there's so much to look forward to in the coming days. Gracenote, a global entertainment data and technology company, which we've mentioned before on the podcast, had predicted 16 gold medals for Australia at the start of the Olympics. We're currently at 14, so he's hoping we get to that sweet 16. On Friday, Claire, we mentioned that National Cabinet was meeting to talk about vaccine targets. Prime Minister Scott Morrison had previously said not to expect exact numbers, but on Friday night, he announced some pretty specific targets. Yeah, he did. That meeting came to an in-principle agreement between the federal, state and territory governments on a vaccination target plan that would see fewer lockdowns when we get to 70% of Australians receiving jabs uh, and borders reopening about 80%. So far, 19.1% of Australians over 16 have had two shots and 41.4% have had one dose. So there's some way to go to hit those targets. Yeah, vaccines are all the talk at the moment. 453 new local cases were reported over the weekend in New South Wales and Premier Gladys Berejiklian said hitting 500,000 shots a week is a must in order to ease restrictions. Elsewhere in Australia, Queensland's southeast went into a three-day snap lockdown on Saturday. Residents from Brizzy, the Gold Coast, the Sunshine Coast and Ipswich are set to come out of that tomorrow. 
back in 2005, nine Australians were convicted for attempting to smuggle more than eight kilograms of heroin out of Bali. They became known as the Bali Nine. Two were sentenced to death, one has since been released from jail, and the rest sentenced to life in prison. Sixteen years later, Claire, three members of the Bali Nine gang are hoping to have those life sentences cut. Yeah, that's right. And what jail governors and justice officials in Indonesia say is that three of them have been behaving particularly well and being part of programs to help other prisoners. That's Matthew Norman, uh, Si Young Chen and also Scott Rush. Uh, What is happening is those officials have made recommendations to the Indonesian government for their sentences to be reduced as part of Indonesia's Independence Day, which is on the 17th. Of August. The final decision sits with President Joko Widodo. As you say, that's on August the 17th, so not too far away now. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about this in the coming weeks. From Bali to Myanmar, where there's been ongoing protests and violence since the military took power from the government in February. Yesterday, Claire, the country's military leader, Ming Aung Hlaing, pledged to hold an election in August 2023. It means Myanmar will be under military rule for another two years. It does, which is a lot longer than the 12 months that the military promised when it launched that coup in February. Minal Halang has also appointed himself Prime Minister, and what he says is that he wants to be recognised by the world as the official leader of the government of Myanmar. That's important because it's something that the United Nations is going to consider next month. It's previously said that it's concerned about the coup. Uh, Also, Nang Halang is one of those who is holding talks with ASEAN, which is one of those big regional cooperation forums. Uh, It's actually meeting today. There are foreign ministers who are going to get together to talk about dealing with Myanmar. Since the military took control, almost a thousand people have died in protests. The coup is just the latest uproar in Myanmar, which has a long history with the fight for democracy. If you're eager to find out more, we have a squeeze shortcut on the topic. A link is in your episode notes. To the entertainment world, Claire, actress Scarlett Johansson has sued Disney after it streamed her latest film, Black Widow, at the same time as its cinema release. She argues that by doing that, Claire, it gave a boost to Disney and its streaming service, but it reduced how much the movie earns in theatres and therefore deprived her of any bonuses she could get. The lawsuit has opened up a can of worms around Hollywood's shift to streaming and what it means for stars. It's an interesting one because it was just a few weeks ago that there was a lot of chatter about how clever Disney's strategy was, particularly in these disrupted times, uh, to launch these big movies in cinemas and on its streaming platforms at the same time. But of course, that is affecting actors' remuneration because they have these big box office bonuses and with plenty of people staying at home rather than going to the cinemas, even when they have a choice to stream these movies. They don't get a cut of that. Uh, It seems that there's going to be a bit of a reckoning when it comes to these new ways of distributing movies and other forms of entertainment. Yeah, for Disney's part, it says it has fully complied with Johansson's contract and that there is, and this is a quote, no merit whatsoever to this filing. There's been some pretty quirky things to go to auction, Claire. We've seen Heath Ledger's jeans and gloves from Brokeback Mountain and who can forget Armando, the best Belgian long-distance pigeon of all time. 
but he knew a 40-year-old slice of Princess Diana's wedding cake was still lying about, ready to be auctioned off. Oh, I completely forgot about Armando. He was really special. <laughs> was that was great. one of the highlights of the early days of Squeeze was coming across <laughs> that very expensive racing pigeon. But yes, up for auction is a piece of that cake from Diana and Charles' wedding. I'm surprised to read there were 23 cakes that were made for their wedding. I guess wow. when you've got that many guests, you really do have to up it on the cake portion of the event. But yeah, there's a 40-year-old slice. It's been kept in plastic wrap and in an old cake tin, which sounds really delicious, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's got me is it's expected to go for around $380, but they're advising against eating it. So who spends that much on inedible cake? It's going to go for more than that for sure. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Squeeze the day, Claire. For me, there's still plenty happening at the Olympics, but I won't steal the Tokyo Sprint's thunder. If you're keen to stay on top of what's coming up at the Games, stay listening at the end of the podcast for the Tokyo Sprint. It's been so handy, that extra episode (laughs) to stay on top of everything. Uh, For me, this week, it's Dental Health Week, which is something we should all be conscious of, but it's also Sleep Awareness Week. I think that's a bit difficult in the last Last week of an Olympics, there's plenty going on. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be pretty hard to get away from that TV. That's all from us today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.